Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. We're coming at you on our new day, Tuesday, for the first time. This is episode 273, and today we'll be talking about the first four episodes of Steven Universe Future. I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Steven Universe Future. Man, this is this is just like a loose end tying marathon, isn't it? And yet, oh yeah, uh-huh. the chest, the chest. Yes. <laughs> what was in there, Rebecca? <laughs> what about the chest? Yeah, maybe uh. Steven's still repressing something about that chest. If that actually, I almost want to place a like Lunar Sea Spire bet among the chest to see if they actually address it. My opinion after the movie is that they won't, but I guess I okay, can okay, keep okay. my hat if they do. We'll have three. Three possibilities. One, you put the diamond in me pants. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Okay, no, 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 no. In seriousness, one, they don't address it at all, in which case we all lose. Two, it's addressed, like, offhandedly, and three, it's a whole episode dedicated to it. I think four, it'll be addressed in a comic somewhere down the line. <gasps> I can't imagine that they would give that into the hands of the, no. you know, second-tier canon. Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe it's just a mystery for comic writers to seize on. Like, there were 50 different people who stole the Death Star plans. Maybe there will be 50 different answers to what was in the chest by the time the comics are finished. I mean, maybe it was the thing that made the diamonds not, you know, serial killers across the universe. You know, maybe he pulled out uh, the old chest, the old, uh, the old forgiveness wand that just made them, you know, nice and forgivable. Or a very nice ribbon wand. I like how Steven went from never asking follow-up questions or investigating things to constantly investigating things to now just not wanting to know the answers at all. Oh, yeah. Mm. Boy has serious baggage. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's the overall theme that we've gotten out of the first four episodes is besides the fact that we got set up a little bit with Jasper at the beginning, the only hint at all of an antagonist or just a problem is basically Steven Steven's problem. He's turning pink, he's a little mad, and he's still pretty upset about his mom. And I like that development at the very end of volleyball where he Might just completely doesn't want to hear anymore. They named her that. I know what kind of writer's <laughs> pitch came up with that. They should have been having a pottery class and named her Potter. <laughs> I mean, okay. sure. Uh, yeah, see? volleyball. I I have no idea. No idea. Her name could be Volley. That'd be cute. Or just V. Mm. But no, they went with full volleyball. And then Pearl referred to her as volleyball in the show. <laughs> she could have set up now the universal nickname as Volley. Or en- literally anything. Right? And she'd be... <laughs> listen, and it makes sense because she got passed back and forth. So... But also, we were already calling them Blue Pearl and Yellow Pearl, so was it really that difficult, Steven, to just call her Pink Pearl? I mean, I know we didn't call our Pearl White Pearl yet, so maybe it maybe it was time to give everybody nicknames, but this was kind of a problem the show was going to run into eventually, which is, you know, it, well, even Yellow Diamond addressed this problem for us, because it was like, Peridot just saying Peridot's name wasn't useful information to her. Everyone kind of needs their own unique names. Oh, well. Why didn't we let her choose it (laughs) he asked for permission he's like do you want a nickname she probably would have picked volleyball let's be completely honest 
<laughs> okay, so little homeschool. Little homeschool. Hmm. Yeah, let's do this in order. Okay, so Jasper was hilarious. Where he's like, fight me. He was I like, you know what? Her. Fine. And she's like, really? That was great. Just the true earnestness in her voice. But then she has the nerve, right? When Steven says, hey, can we fight more often? And Jasper's like, no. Like, okay, this was for you, but be ungrateful, I guess. I love her return to form. Like, she's animated and drawn with that kind of strength and anger that she had back in the, like, season one finale. And her complete (laughs) refusal and shutdown of anything Steven doing is exactly what I expect her to be doing. And this episode didn't really set her off on a path of redemption. Just like a path of mutual understanding, if even that, it's a little strange that Steven even said he did have something to learn from her. He just kind of enjoyed his pink powers and didn't decide that they were maybe bad until episode four. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, Jasper, why doesn't Jasper teach a martial arts class? (laughs) She doesn't want anything to do with all of that, though, even though it would be perfect for her to be teaching the courses some kind of But if Steven said... As Steven said, hey, why don't you teach gems and humans to fight, right? Imagine Jasper teaching a kid's class of karate. <laughs> oh, I love that episode already. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She'd make all of them cry on the first day. She thinks they're all, you know, worthless and puny, so. Well, maybe they would be less puny if they knew how to fight. <laughs> I thought this episode would also clarify what Jasper was doing underneath a blanket that we saw her, you know, in the promo as being under. And this didn't explain it at all. He just, Jasper (laughs) just reveals herself from under a tarp. Jasper is just like that. She was just waiting underneath a tarp until Steven arrived, which doesn't make any (laughs) sense. I, 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 I like, it's kind of like one of those little animation tricks where they were like, it would be cool for Jasper to reveal herself from something. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, don't think too hard about why she was under there that. There was a tarp in her little cave. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess there's just yeah. tarps around. I think I think, I think, think she just misses her cave. Yeah, but then she should have worn it. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. She is hiding. She's, she's watching from a position where people aren't sure that they're being watched. It's camouflage, and she's watching for intruders. Oh, my God, it did. Match the color of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> she was disguised as a rock, David. Yeah, well, Jasper breathes and, like, the earth shakes, so I don't think stealth is her strong suit. Well, it's not like she has to breathe. Yeah, so the voice actor for Jasper also did a lot of work this episode because she didn't only play Jasper, but she played the cherry quartz at the beginning of this episode, Mm -hmm. which was showed a lot of range. It's kind of interesting how the nature of that gems have multiple gems of the same name in this show has led to actors like like Jasper's and like Pearl's really have to do a big range of making each character voice unique, but you still immediately recognize them as the same class of gem. But I, I liked mm-hmm. Cherry Quartz a lot. Yeah. Okay, props to Dee Dee Magno Hall. Like, put it on the record, Steven Universe was her first voice acting gig. Right? Before this, she just did mm-hmm. plays. Her first voice acting gig, and she gives all the four different Pearls completely unique voices that can be recognized as And you separate. still know their pearls, which is amazing. Yeah, no, five, mm-hmm. because the fusion also sounded different. Oh, yeah. Mm, very, yeah. very yeah. sultry, very gravitas. It's perfect. Who voiced the um the actual Rose Quartzes? Do you want to jump to that? Because that was insane. 
lead character design. Nope. Where's the voices? Ah, featured voices. Additional voices. Super fan Rose, Shy Rose, Hippie Rose, voiced by Kimberly Brooks. Oh. Who's calling? Uh, everyone's Kimberly Brooks. Uh, everyone was calling her Blazed Quartz. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really uh. good. Okay, I loved. I loved right like the the absolute crazy bubbly rose quartz, and then the blazed quartz, and then like the one that looks exactly like rose quartz, who took it upon herself to be as cryptic and creepy as possible, mm. which I appreciate. Yeah, color the color of rose quartz is before how they were all and pink, pink and like so everyone just didn't suspect the one human or just the one not same colored rose. The one who, like, tried to have breasts and look like a white lady? <laughs> like, why didn't anyone <laughs> she notice didn't that? She have them. Sh- she's she a rebel rose quartz. Of course she's changing her appearance. She changed her outfit. She's changing her skin color. She's a rebel. She's changing her form beyond what it's supposed to be. Rebel. Well, uh, End of story. But that's not how she... No, because when she initially tried to blend in... She just did it to go hang around Earth, and she started off as... I mean, nobody else knew what a rose quartz was supposed to look like. So episode two is Guidance, where we get to spend more time with Amethyst. And Stephen shows that he has definitely lost his touch. <laughs> Stephen, oh. oh my god, he's so overbearing, it's really funny. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed like, it. Did you have any thoughts about the first episode before we move on? Alright, I guess one thing. Uh, the one scene where we saw Lars in his bakery, I noticed a little logo with the spaceship. Kind of reminded me of Kiki's Delivery Service a little bit. Maybe. Hmm. Inspiration. Speaking of his bakery, I actually went back to the comic and looked where he was dreaming about having a bakery. And unfortunately, neither one took inspiration from the other. So they are two completely different bakeries. Mm. But were they space-themed? Yeah, both were space-themed. The comic one was too? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, that that just goes with Captain Lars, so of course it's basically Yeah, Yeah, the fact that the cool kids are on tour kind of weirdly takes them out of the show now. Until Mm. the concert episode, of course. The inevitable concert episode. Yes, inevitable. I mean, I'm I'm assuming there are more than ten episodes planned. (laughs) No, there are, or else we wouldn't see, like, half of the villains that are in the, um, the, the, the intro. Yeah. But yeah, as as we planned to move toward move forward to guidance, Stephen, my boy, I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. It's like he utterly failed to befriend Spinel. Maybe it's because he's a teenager, and teenagers are just naturally not empathetic. Is that the <laughs> message I am supposed to? No, take? teenagers no? are first experiencing empathy. Really, it's just he just might be like hormonal and like too quick to hyper focus. But his his philosophical concern here was actually relevant. So I do think it was interesting to have that, you know, some people watching might have also agreed with Stephen's conclusion that, hey, everyone's in their comfort zone and everyone's doing exactly what they were doing in Homeworld. That concerns me somewhat. So I think that part's fine. It's just that he failed to appreciate the process that Amethyst went to that she kind of fully reveals to him at the end or reminds him about that she really took the time. She didn't just guess and match them up with what they were doing on Homeworld. I I do like that at the very end, Laramar comes along and, like, Stephen did help one person find something completely different to do. So that was nice. And I I guess 
I guess since we're thinking about voice actors for the Rose Courses, I just want to say, having Radicles as a gem <laughs> is weird. Okay, no, that was amazing. <laughs> and the moment he said in the plane, I don't snow about this, I had to pause <laughs> the episode. Because he's so goofy, and I miss him voicing Radicles from OKKO so much. So having him be Snowflake in this really pleased me. It's just such, he's just so funny. He knows how to be funny. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia. (laughs) Sophia's just sending pictures (laughs) on our Discord of... Okay, so let's just go. I mean, not much happens in episode two. It's a great episode. Let's talk about episode three. The the Rose Quartzes in um what's the what's the episode name? Uh Rosebuds. They are clearly meant to be just like we saw the uh amethyst and, and, and quartzes in the zoo be caring towards the humans. These these rose quartzes are on like a whole nother level of giving off that, you know, like practically sexual tension and incredible <laughs> overkindness to the point of being flirtatious, you know? It's Steven Universe future. Look, everyone's older. Steven's 16. Connie somehow, even though she should only be 14 and a half, is going to go to college in two years. So she's going to college way earlier than me. No, 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 no. They're no, all no, ready no, no, to no, hear no, about no, no, this. No, 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 no. I had, a, I had a very heated discussion with this with my girlfriend. You apply for college in your junior year of high school. Really? Right. But if yeah, she's 14 yeah. and a, so 14 and a half, right, at 16 and a half, she'll be starting to apply for colleges. Uh, if she's, that starts her off in junior year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, mm, I probably applied for college the summer before my senior year started, but I guess some people start even earlier. Well, yeah, that's I mean, because it's at least due, like right now. when your senior year starts. Yeah. So application starts, I would say, basically, almost a year before the applications are due. You think Connie's going to wait till the last minute? You think Connie <laughs> Mahesh Warren is going to wait till the last minute to apply to university? Absolutely no, the second not. those applications, she's getting early registration, right? Priority registration. She's going, she's going to have to talk with a counselor to get more than 17 units. <laughs> this is absolutely, she is not applying right at the beginning of her senior year when applications are due. Right. And she'll do it all mm-hmm. to low, lo-fi beats. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Everyone pointed 20 out. 20 different people have pointed out. <laughs> Only 20? My count is much higher. Yeah, I, I haven't actually been counting. It's been a large number. I've already even heard that, like, people's own lo-fi remixes of Steven Universe songs on top of a loop of <laughs> Connie studying, so. Mm, I should look into lo-fi Steven Universe songs. That would That sounds really nice. Like, especially Love Like You, I think, could be really easily made into some nice lo-fi beats. You know, I, I just wanted to say about Guidance, though, like, again, Snowflake Obsidian dug ice trenches for the homeworld armies, and yet we have it from word of God that before they hit Earth, they had never invaded a planet with sentient life, and therefore they had never had enemy armies to fight. Don't even. No uh, need for trenches. That, uh, no, I, mm. where, where did that confirmation come from again? Because that note kills me. It kills me. It doesn't make any sense at all that the only thing they ever encountered were goofy looking caterpillar creatures and the things we saw on jungle moon like what was the whole machinations of war what was jasper you know motivated to who could she have possibly been fighting for millennia with homeworld if it was just a bunch of little bugs like is she legit like from episode one she's like i tore out all the earthlings from around me and steven's like grass 
Were they actually fighting grass on different planets? That's what their armies were doing? <laughs> I'm just imagining Jasper on her hands and knees. Like, just angrily ripping out handfuls of grass and throwing it behind her. That, that, that's accurate. You're, it's completely accurate. I'm now imagining Jasper with a pair of gardening gloves and a little shovel. Now I regret they didn't show, like, a pile of the dirt and grass somewhere. <laughs> oh, but the trenches, like, think Titan, right? It's all ice, isn't it? Yeah. I imagine if you needed yeah. to, to transport supply lines on the ground, right? You, trenches would help with that. Like, I bet they would, it would keep them free of, like, wind or something. So digging yeah, ice trenches, I could see, would have an industrial purpose. There, I don't, I don't I think don't the that's, diamonds that's participate not the in trench warfare, a la World War One. Back in the day. That would be so awesome. Don't, don't tell me you don't want to see the gems fighting somebody in trench warfare. I would read the heck out of that comic. Yeah, against, again, the colorful, stupid caterpillars that I already forgot the name for. Comics can be whatever you want them to be. Trench warfare was a very specific thing to the World War I era when this huge upsurge of projectile technology. No, they did it in the Civil War. They did it in the Iran-Iraq War. Trench warfare just happens whenever firepower overpowers mobility. I mean, the gems used to have a way less sophisticated technology. I want to, like, imagine that past before they were using even their, like, drop ships. Okay, okay, okay. But here's the, here's something. Here's something that, that, that bugs me as someone who has an interest in science, right? Like, we have all these gems integrating into human culture, right? And gems learning how to like, cut pizza and whatever. <laughs> Why don't we have humans learning how all the scientific stuff that gems learn? Why don't we have Peridot as a college professor? Right? Screw having to teach these gems, like, how to eat. Why doesn't she go to, like, UC Berkeley and teach a <laughs> lesson on quantum physics and all that? I mean, you're bringing up the same problem with, why doesn't Steven start spitting in jars and they start shipping it out across the planet? Because apparently they don't give a single crap about the other people living <laughs> in the rest of the world. Like, nothing in this show has ever said... Do people exist outside of Delmarva? Because if they do, like, if they're Ocean Town, we just laugh about their we destruction. We saw Korea. So people, people confirmed to live in Delmarva and Korea. That's it. <laughs> yeah, those are the only two important places. Delmarva, Keystone, Empire City, Korea, they're all over the place. Okay, but yeah, so wherever Aunt I, Deb they should definitely the... be teaching people, and they're not, and Steven so should definitely England, be spitting New everywhere. New England and Korea. That's it. And wherever Aunt Deb lives, which is probably Florida, let's be honest. Florida's underwater. Well, I mean, as close to Florida as you no. can get in the Steven Universe world. But yeah, that, that integration, too, is kind of like, because all the warp pads are active again, it's a similar scenario to, spoilers, the end of, like, Legend of Korra, where more portals are open to the spirit world, and so there's more free movement between people and spirits, so... Why don't people learn more about Homeworld? Because it's not a dangerous place, right? Or, like, people could just get to explore space now because apparently space is full of oxygen, as Steven <laughs> yeah. demonstrates. Yeah. <laughs> it was implied there was a space race, that they sent a dog into space. Pearl said it. Out of out of Pearl's mouth, she said they sent a dog and a person or something to space. Well, and people do. I mean, mm -hmm. Buddy proved in Buddy's book that humans are, some humans are interested in what the heck is going on with gems. Obviously, Ronaldo has proven to be accurate about all of his interests in gems. Why is it? I mean, where's Ronaldo? 
Wouldn't he be absolutely yeah. trying to sneak away and jump on? Although, I, I guess that's a point. You know, only gems can activate warp pads, I think. So, Ronaldo yeah. probably can't do that. You don't think he wouldn't put on some, like, horribly made gem cosplay? And confuse and a ruby? Try and, try and, yeah, well, he could probably convince a ruby, I think. Ronaldo doesn't care about gems. As far as Ronaldo is concerned, the gems are a mundane, boring explanation. Like, telling him the gems did it is like telling him that the, you know, your elementary school's fifth grade class did something. No, but, but he knows about the sentient rock people, though. I mean, his theory, at least in season one, and even what he tries to later present on a chalkboard in some later season episode, he does figure out the gems, and he even wants to be integrated no, in it as he did being not. gemstone he was, on the team, right? He was later disappointed when he found out that rock people and the crystal gems were the same thing. He didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hmm. <laughs> the stolen picture of Pearl that he had <laughs> on the front of his magazine, like, friendship oh. restored with crystal gems. Like, the what's that meme where it's like, friendship ended with... Moody yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Pearl is my best friend. Yeah, yeah, but then it's at the end, it's like friendship restored, and there's the thing with Pearl. That's peak humor. But as a human being, right, who's not like a beach city resident who apparently does not care about anything outside of their own beach city problem, like I would be so interested in going to space. Where's Connie? Why doesn't Connie care about like presenting all this space facts to nasa i i swear she better not just be studying this whole season because like she needs a role i don't know but it's like uh. a, it's kind of a funny metaphor of of what it's like to grow up in modern america where it's like pressure from teachers and parents and everybody it's like go to college go to college go to college but and then connie's like but i went to space and it's like that doesn't matter does space affect your gpa <laughs> and, and like that sort of feeling like you can have all these practical skills and knowledge and experience but it doesn't matter if it can't be forced into like the education system never mind that she could just go to homeworld and live as a queen and speaking of queens that leads us right into episode four volleyball <gasps> favorite volley i mean just whoa this was the best episode of the bunch. Like yes. I have I have yes. my complaints about the first three episodes, but episode four was just fantastic. Underappreciated joke. Are you here to compete? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, that was pretty good. That one gets me every time. And I love and I love Pearl being like, ooh, looks like somebody still has it bad. Oh god, the delivery of that line was so good. Like she's trying to act like this older, wiser, like, oh yeah, I'm 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 over it. Right, but right? Pink Pink Pearl is like, I am much older than you. Which actually <laughs> is a great callback line to I think Pearl saying the same line to one of Garnet. the humans. No, it was Lapis. It's like we're much older than you. I'm thinking of the Beach Party episode also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I too. think yeah. The gems casually dropping their immortality on these humans. Yeah. Also, okay, 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 no, 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 no. Back to episode two. Are gems paid human wages? I mean, they don't need anything to live. So technically, mm -hmm. they could help solve a labor problem in the world. Because they don't need money. No, because then they hire all gems and then the human- No, so they in, in fact exacerbate the labor problem. It's the same thing as <laughs> prison labor. <laughs> Let's not get no, into you that. Put the, you use them to solve a labor shortage. That way you don't create a surplus of labor. But the problem I had with this episode, though, was this should have been like a big story arc where they can at least either show 
humans being displaced from their jobs by gems or showing how they're not doing that like at uh, at, at funland funland was the perfect place to put them because there was a clear shortage of labor that the army of quartzis was fixing and meanwhile nanafwa has two new bodyguards we have no idea what happened to her old ones we know she had them in the movie so it's not like they quit long ago mm-hmm. okay but like <sighs> I mean, the, 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 the logical way to solve this is that gems are paid the same wages as humans, but humans get, like, a subsidy because they need food to live, right? It's like social security if, you're, if you need to eat. But apparently there's only enough corrupted gems to fill out just Beach City, so we're not getting into, that. like, societally shaking things yet. I don't know. Like I said, uh... Uh, I do think that the mini series or limited series, I'm sorry, format is hurting the show in that they just don't have time to spend on issues like that. That's got to be all focused well, on Steve's okay. baggage. If that's well, a joke, I agree because <laughs> you want the the crystal gem communist manifesto in the next comic GC is that what you're looking uh-huh. for? Oh my god. I mean, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't no. hurt. To have a gem read the Communist Manifesto <laughs> in an episode or two about the gems discussing the merits of communism. You're right. That's <laughs> I can't like, believe oh, Cartoon Network no. isn't giving this show room to breathe to explore ideas like that. <laughs> yeah, because the eight-year-olds, the eight-year-olds, which are the demographic of this show, being like, no, 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 Sophia, eight-year-olds are not the target demographic of this show. Yeah. We are a COPPA-compliant YouTube channel. Everything about this show is aimed at thirteen-year-olds and older. Absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely a thirteen-plus oh. TV show. In case yeah. anyone, okay, but FCC nobody cares listening. more about communism and fairness than thirteen-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Exactly, thirteen and older. Yeah, thirteen-year-olds are all yep. about the. This is unfair. That's unfair. No, How but not me, that but kind of but thing. honestly, like Stephen Universe Future is so much of it is about the integration of gems and humans, and meanwhile, you have a pretty big important aspect of that integration. And you're just like, yeah, no, nah, it's it's fine. It's fine. Just hand wave any problems away. Meanwhile, even though you could milk an episode or two out of talking it. about hand waving and milking more episodes out of out of it. How about the reveal of Pink Pearl's trauma? Ah! Uh, ah! Oh, the yeah, the, the moment, the moment oh. that she had with Pearl in the little clam was so touching, right? You know, it's like she didn't yeah. mean to, but she hurt you. How did you stop hurting? And it's like I didn't. Oh, Urgh. chef's kiss. Chef's yeah, that's kiss. De- that's definitely the chef's kiss right there. Mm. I do think the one aspect I wish this had more of is. That, like, structurally, the way that we were introduced to Pink Pearl only at the very end of season five, and then she didn't exist in the movie, and then this is her reintroduction and backstory-ish sort of explanation, kind of doesn't... years later? Like, the thing that's powerful is merely the idea presented, but we were in no way truly attached to this character before outside of the way that a fandom normally gets attached to just drawing pictures of any character that gets introduced in Steven Universe. But, like, we didn't have any... It's not the same as seeing Pearl suffering, talking about, you know, her missing Rose and and grasping onto the grass, you know, back in, like, Rose's scabbard, right? That's a much Mm -hmm. different moment than this. But I do like the powerful relationship that's been formed in between our Pearls now and that, that hopefully... 
I really hope that that doesn't just mean that Pink Pearl disappears now in future episodes until we figure yeah. out how to heal her trauma again. Like, she should be hanging around with Pearl because this is a deeply meaningful relationship. But I just feel like she's going to disappear like Peridot and Lapis do because oh. we can't fit them in. I don't know. I mean, I was just at that very end there. I'm like, oh, are they going to make them a permafusion? <gasps> yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but she's also like 25 feet tall. <laughs> well, you know, if Garnet was 25 feet tall, we would accept that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, if we don't have Pink Pearl in the show because she's difficult to animate, we're definitely not going to have Pearl <gasps> Squared in the show. But is Pink Pearl that point. hard to animate just because the cracks? The cracks are hard look, to track? All they is would, it look, her look, listen, dress? listen. I would be satisfied with just a couple shots of, like, her in the background just chatting with others. Or it's, like, just just acknowledgement that she's there and interacting with us. Or talking with Pearl, like, specifically. Yeah, if I saw them both like at a table, like sharing a cup of tea or something in the background, and then Steven runs up, it's like, Pearl, I need your help. And she's like, oh, okay. And then like, oh, I'll be back later. Right. Well, you mean Pearl appreciating looking at a cup of tea while Pink yeah, Pearl actually Pearl. drinks the tea. I think Pearl could drink tea. Maybe she I just don't know. That could be crossing into blasphemy. <laughs> She just swirls it around in her mouth. That seems... I mean, she has... You know what? I'll take it back because she did drink. She she tried drinking for Mystery Girl. That yeah. was tough. <laughs> so she'll do it for a pretty girl. Okay, so they will mm -hmm. have tea. Well, for a pink girl. I think I'll try drinking tonight. Well, wasn't that before Mystery Girl showed up? She was yeah. trying to impress Amethyst, another pretty girl. Mm, oh, don't even get me what? started on oh, no. that ultimate ship. That what are we? Is this the Steven Universe ship discourse? The Steven Universe <laughs> fandom has had such a wonderful turnaround since like 2016, 2017, and that nightmare. Like I have seen next to no ship discourse. Oh, it's been oh, don't tell me you have but... not seen people. Uh, you know, I never even. Apparently, people were shipping really hard Pearl and Spinel from the movie, it's which I have Spinel. no idea why. And now people are arguing about, oh, pink pearl and pearl? You're trying to break up my, my spinel pearl ship? That's weird, and I'm like, because I haven't seen any of that. I've seen like the people who ship Benurl or whatever yeah. being like really mature about it and being like, well, I guess we were clowned and then just jumping on the ship. <laughs> clowned? <laughs> right? Uh... Just putting on their clown wigs and jumping onto another ship because they had this actual screen time together. I mean, speaking of though, like, that that pearl pink pearl fusion, which is dubbed Mega Pearl, yeah. in the <laughs> yep. in the credits. Yep. Like, can you get any more Utena than that? Yeah, Princess Knight probably. All she as needed well. was a Magical Girl transformation. But mm -hmm. oh god, that's I love so much what this show does with fusions, where they're quite literally greater than the sum of their parts. It's not just an amalgamation of like traits from you know, character A and character B. Like, yeah, which the problem is, whenever you get a fan fusion, that thing. is always what it is. Yes, like, the fans can never really add, you know, something new to it. Like They don't have the credibility that the show creators do. Yeah, and and with, you know, a Sardonyx, right? Sardonyx oh, is, a, is nothing, a performer. Nothing like I thought. Right, Sardonyx is a, is a, is a showman, right? Or Smoky Quartz, who's, like, a prankster. Or... Um, yo -yo and then now we have Mega Pearl, who's like a, like from the Nutcracker. Which, by the way, is also our first example of two gems of the same type fusing and not 
just looking like a bigger version of themselves because I guess we've only seen the Ruby's fuse, so this is kind of new. And Topaz. Yeah, and Topaz was just yeah, bigger Topaz too. The same way. Yeah. Who's? Oh yeah, yeah that's Topaz. what surprised me about Mega Pearl. I feel like they kind of broke one of their own rules on that. Well, they are different looking gems though. Like the Topazes yeah, look different. the same and the Rubies yeah. look the same. Same color. These two pearls are different colors and they were wearing different outfits, so mm-hmm. and different hair. I mean, I guess I, I guess I would assume that an amethyst jasper fusion. Also, personality-wise, like our pearl has is just so unique and has spent thousands of dollars dollars. <laughs> dollars. <laughs> She has bought her way to a personality through her incredible style. Please, leave me alone. Thousands of years, like, you know, making herself a unit. Please, listen. I'm just imagining that you so frequently talk about your immense wealth that just saying the word thousands makes you inevitably have to say dollars. No, I've wasted thousands of dollars in rent is something that I say a lot. (laughs) Because yeah. I, I pay a stupid amount in rent. But, no, thousands of years. <laughs> Pearl has spent thousands of years differentiating yourself and, and making herself a unique person, right? Like, she's completely evolved from being a little, like, fancy carrying case. And now she's, like, a warrior, but also, like, a really awkward mom. And, <laughs> like, that's that that's so... Like, I couldn't imagine her being, like, I think the other pearls, like, only just are allowed to express themselves outside of their role, versus our pearls been doing it for millennia. So, it's, yeah, it's I only think this right fusion that captures if she were that. to combine with another, yeah, exactly. It's only right if she combined with another pearl that that would show. And it would show being something greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah, and we wondered how fusion minds combined so frequently, uh, like, as we talked about this from? show. Is that but... her jacket? I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that they actually describe their experience together as being able to share the full experience and understanding of their relationship with Pink Diamond, mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't fully understand that headspace of fusions, but here it actually represents, uh, to mm-hmm. me, like when we talk about fusions as relationships, this was very clearly a relationship where that shared understanding was happening and two puzzle pieces were connecting and I thought yeah. that was really cool. It's like, are they going to hang out more as a fusion just to <laughs> experience it that that more? Because that yeah. brings them closer than ever if they were just talking about it. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't unfuse, you know, right after how they warped back to Earth and then hung out with Steven on the beach as a fusion. And to, I imagine, literally just both share memories, right? Because I think if like one half of a fusion reminisces about memories the other half of the fusion will remember that and you'll have like a sort of secondhand memory of it yeah as long as you're not sardonyx repressing pearl's knowledge that yeah i mean i imagine pearl's Mm. good at compartmentalizing so she can just not thought about it right because it's not automatic like you have to actively remember that that thing yeah but yeah right and i imagine pearl was so caught up in the euphoria of fusing that she didn't OGC, is that a wrapping up statement that you were about I'm to trying. Make? I'm trying, Dave. No, no, no. Because see, I have all these other bullet points on my list. Fans, don't you want to hear about, did Pink get rejuvenated? What, you know, uh, that's a pretty crazy theory. Has anyone said that theory? I'm saying that theory right now. 
Pink got rejuvenated. Why was she so mad and crazy and an upset child? And then later she was a different person. And why did we introduce no. the concept of rejuvenation? I think Boom. that was the, the, the trauma and the guilt of it. You know, she and I think there was a period where she didn't have a pearl, where she was just alone with her thoughts and and her spinel. really changed. And spinel. We don't yeah, know. well, yeah. also, I'll say my theory's already disproven, because then Rebecca posted art that included the words, it, it shows a distressed pink diamond, and it, her thought is written as, don't break this one, referring to, oh. obviously, our pearl oh. that she has now gotten. Oh, post that, that is, I haven't seen that. Yes, oh. this is brutal art, and it is uh, definitely showing that she completely knows she, uh, she messed up on her first pearl. Mm. Yeah, and 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 it's kind of okay. So I'm really happy that they're showing Stephen, like exploring now a whole new facet of his powers. Because thinking, you know, what he inherited, he's still pretty weak, right? His power wise. And I kept like when he was first fighting with Jasper, right? And they were squaring off. Like I remember I was watching it with my girlfriend, and I said to her, like, he's a diamond. Like he, <laughs> yeah, you know, if if he if he, you know, unlocks another set of powers like he could pummel her into the ground and then a minute later that's literally exactly what happened <laughs> he actually pummeled her into the ground yeah mm-hmm. yeah jasper returning back to the earth what's interesting to me is how like easily winded he is like you saw just walking up a hill in the first episode <laughs> made him tired and just a just a brief sprint in volleyball he was exhausted after that i mean something something's going on our boy is not fully up to strength i think this is weighing on him big time well i mean he's still his his meat body still needs oxygen to function yeah that annoying meat body i don't know not much how long was he floating in space what's it like breathing well it's mostly nitrogen what connie says like it's funny that connie (laughs) connie rants science to him and he does remember some of it yeah that's which is really sweet i wonder if connie and steven are official or not i don't think think so they're not hanging out enough you know He's willing to just ignore her for episodes on end. I imagine he's just Aww. so busy and occupied, like he doesn't even have the time to miss her. But we'll probably be getting episodes with her in the future, because I think that's another loose end that should probably be tied up. But Right, I mean, we haven't seen them make out in the show yet. Obviously, we were still waiting for that, you know? I don't think, no, okay, first of all, <laughs> we don't need to see that, right? The children. <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired of that being in shows. It's like, oh, they need to, like, you know, play tonsil hockey in order for you to know for sure. No, right, please. Yeah. <laughs> like... They can kiss once, acceptable, but, like, we should have an episode, because, you know, like, I think the show is very much about relationships and love, and I, I, I could totally see them wanting to drop into a theme of, like, two people who like each other, you know, wanting to have different labels on it, and, like, wanting different things out of it, and, like, trying to communicate and make it work, because I, I can imagine, right. like, either steven or connie wanting it to be official and the other one being hesitant or not really understanding that kind of thing that's actually pretty interesting for a future episode just because also their relationship is special in that it started from a really long friendship so that definitely introduces Mm -hmm. those ideas of labels because they are already so they already have so much love as a base that it doesn't come as completely unexpected when connie does something like kiss steven on the cheek in the movie and then yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could see, like, the having to be like, oh, okay, now that we have a different label, like, having no flippin' idea where the boundaries are. Right, and then that's when we bring back in all of the Rose Quartzes we just met that have a certain energy to them, and they can uh, weigh in on how they feel about um, love and those related feelings. 
Yeah. Oh, I loved those. I loved how viscerally uncomfortable that episode was. Like, GC, <laughs> I can't believe you, you put it to the side. It was so uncomfortable. And I was just Steven screaming was so with laughter. stupid in it. I was screaming with laughter the whole time because I was uncomfortable. And I loved seeing Steven and Greg and Pearl and Amethyst and Garnet. I love that we were already previewed with this idea, too. Like, the fact that Pearl was already thrown off by Mystery Girl. But now it's just so much more amplified. Yeah, and 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 the exchange the uh, that Pearl and Greg had, where Pearl was just like, "Yeah, <laughs> I don't know." It was. But so just compare good. Stephen, like Stephen being obviously uncomfortable. Hey, you should come over to dinner. Versus, you know, Vidalia tries to invite herself and Onion over to the temple, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll see." It was. <laughs> I loved when Greg was like, "Nope." It. He looked like Homer Simpson. <laughs> well, that's always <laughs> been his inspiration, but yeah, his mouth was really accentuated for that. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like, I no, I'm a head out. That was so funny. I just, <laughs> oh, it was so, mm, I loved it. I loved it. Mm. I loved how uncomfortable I felt. Mm. It was done <laughs> so perfectly. And then, you know, Garnet and Pearl just being completely, and then Amethyst, <laughs> and she's in the conga line. <laughs> Yeah, that conga line. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, in Rosebuds, you saw the zoom-ins again. How were they able to drive the ship? Because they said they were controlling it. How well, that's a, really, that? that's a really great point, because also, we didn't talk about that for this episode, but the fact that the zoom-ins became in control of the ship, that they became really aware of technology, and that seemingly they were the ones to unbubble the rose quartzes, which Stephen oh. had maybe been clearly avoiding doing. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he sent the order. The fast learners. Right, and he said, hey guys, why don't you unbubble the quartzes, and then just hoped to God that, that he would never see them again. <laughs> right, until they figured out how to drive the ship, which apparently it was a ship. Yeah, I guess he wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it to go anywhere. Yeah, I always thought with the zoom-ins that we were going to have to address, like, reintegrating them in Earth, but I guess they already had pretty chill life, so, you know, them just driving around space is yeah, good enough. Yeah, imagine them having to work for a living. Can I go to the zoom-ins? Terrible. <laughs> All they do is, like, chill around and do a choosing. So, that sounds like a great life. Did you see the Amethyst and the Jasper gossiping on their little waterfall thing? I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> and Amethyst. Oh, God. I, I loved Amethyst, where every time she rejoins with the Famethyst, is just wreaking havoc. Like, when you go back to see, like, you were in college and you go back to see all your high school friends and you just make the worst decisions <laughs> possible. So anyway, guys, that's been us scratching the surface of <laughs> the surface. Steven Universe future. <laughs> Join us next week. There will be two new episodes of Steven Universe future for us mm-hmm. to discuss. Until then, though, I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Uh, Don't forget to, you know... Leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 